Fire Project family, I hope you guys are doing well today. I want to give you guys a quick piece of fitness equipment lifting history. The hip circle that you see before you is actually the first hip circle ever. All right, there were no booty bands before the hip circle, which is pretty interesting. That's why you see it in gyms like The Rock. We've seen Kim K using it on Instagram. It is the OG, but that's also why we have the slingshots, gangster wraps, knee sleeves, elbow sleeves, everything that you're going to need in the gym so that you can protect yourself before you wreck yourself. So, Andrew, you tell the people how to get it. Yes, that's over at markbellslingshot.com. And at checkout, enter promo code POWERPROJECT10 to save 10% off your entire order. Uh, links to them down in the description as well as the podcast show notes. Pick up your stuff there. Yeah, there we go. Throw that on that big old head of yours. Big old pumpkin head. Uh, grab the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> We're recording, right? Yes. Yeah, that, that needs to be the beginning right there. <laughs> I was waiting for you to put the microphone by my face. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach House, uh, you know that guy? A little bit. Joe Ken. Yeah. He uh, went and saw your place and had nothing but good things to say. He said it just was fucking spectacular. We've been really fortunate. Uh, I think knowing you're lucky, knowing you're good, and I think we've got a lot of both. So, uh, house walked into our facility and just went, you know, holy shit, because we built you know twenty thousand square feet of private training facility. There's no open gym, and everything's you know work hard and a you know hundred foot graphic, and you know everything's you know if you're not training, you're not stronger, and just we we branded everything from when you walk in, right, like you know, the obstacles, the opportunity. And so for us, it's the culture we've built and the facility we've been able to build. It's like, I, I told house, I was like, I walk in here half the days and just kind of look around and go, I can't, I can't believe that this is mine. How'd you build a training facility like this? Well, I mean, you know, you know, a, a lot of that, but move, move into Columbus. I mean, my, my first two nights here was sleeping in my car, right. I'm training West side. So, uh, you know, just, I was very fortunate uh, when I got to a point where I wanted to have my own facility, I had no money, you know. And so I always tell people, well, I had zero capital, but uh, I had a ton of relationship capital. And so I went to two clients that I'd had for a long time. I said, guys, I want to do my own thing. I want to start this gym. And uh, so they, you know, I knew I knew you had to have a business plan, right? So uh, it was funny. So it was kind of like this. Like, and Seema is, is my client. I, you know, I'm, I worked on this business plan. I mean, I was, I was Googling what a business plan was. And then I was working on it, right? And so I sit down with them. I'm, I'm sweating, right? I was like, oh, my God, I hope he, I hope he gives me the money I want. And I, I hand him the business plan. And he, he takes it from me. And he goes, I believe in you. I believe in what you do. I'll give you whatever you need to get this started. Now let's look at this and see if it makes sense. And that's why I tell you, like, that shit still to this day gives me chills. Like, I was like, fuck. And so, you know, I, I went to two clients of mine and both of them basically, not exactly, but kind of did the same thing. And so for me, that was how it started was, was, you know, just helping people. And then when I needed help, they were willing to help me. And so that's how it started. We were small. We were 2,000 square feet. I mean, all of our equipment was, you know, used. And, you know, Dave gave me kind of an old rack that he had. I mean, it's just, and it built from there. And, uh, you know, I think it's one of those things where, you know, I told the, the guy, his guys worked for me for 10 years. And Matt, when he, he interned for me with where I ran before I opened my gym. And so I called him and I said, hey, I'm starting something. He came in and I said to him, he had a full-time job offer from another like personal training company. 
and I said, look, I can't offer you any kind of salary. I said, I can't even tell you we're going to be open in a year. All I can tell you is you will learn more here than anywhere else. And he goes, I'm in. And so, I mean, that dude worked like 80 hours a week. And I was like, I can pay you $300. And so it was just, I mean, and that's, but that was what it was. It was just, you know, building community and teaching. And we were just nonstop. I mean, we were just, I would teach all the time. And it just built. And slowly over time, you know, just, I, you know, I made tons of mistakes and did everything. But, you know, I think what it boils down to is for me in life, I, I love helping people. And so it's never like, I want to help this person because this is what they can give me. It's just, I love helping people and help everyone be better. And I think if you do that enough in life and give enough, I think people are a lot of times willing to give back to you. I think last time we saw you, you like did some sort of weird voodoo magic on Encima over here. <laughs> yeah. um, I think you might have just like believed that he could move his hip better and then he was able to move his hip better. Um, you know, since that time, we've had more and more people come on our show and talk about the power of belief. Like we've had people talk about rehab. We've had people talk about, uh, you know, like rehabbing off of drugs and rehabbing off of injuries. And then also kind of referring back to, you know, it's about believing in yourself and it's about believing that you can get out of back pain and these different beliefs. Um, how big have you seen that uh, come into play with some of the theories and some of the things you're helping people with? Because I know you do a great job of, I mean, many things at your facility, but one of them being to help people and assist people get out of pain. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is life. It comes down to the behaviors that you're building and whether it's losing weight, getting out of lower back pain. And, and part of that is there's a awareness, what I call a conscious nervous system. And then there's the unconscious nervous system. And so the conscious nervous system is, is just your awareness or knowledge of how to do something. Your unconscious nervous system is your ability to execute. And so when people are working on different, whether it's diet or pain, what happens is that one person gets told a piece of information and they just implement and go and crush. The next person comes along and they're told that piece of information doesn't matter. They can't make it happen. And I think in our world, everybody goes, oh, they don't want it bad enough. They're not motivated enough. No. The problem is, is the way modern medicine views things, psychology, all these pieces, is they do not address the unconscious nervous system, their ability to execute. If they did, if they were changed, because there's two sides of that equation and everyone's just focused on this conscious nervous system. So like one of the great things you guys do, but everybody, like through exercise, through being healthy, sleep, there's something called your global neurological sequence and GNS for short. But the GNS, the more optimized it is, the bigger your unconscious nervous system's ability to execute. And so the GNS is affected sleep, nutrition, tra right, fitness, all these pieces. And so what that's a big thing that we work on at the Spot Athletics is that when people come in, we have a, a pyramid of you know, physical fitness. And that pyramid of physical fitness starts with breathing, then sleep, then mindset, then nutrition. So we've got four, we have four layers of that base, of that pyramid before we, we even get to training. Once we get to training, we get to flexibility because if you can't get in positions you need to every day in life, whether it's sport or whether it's just bending down to pick up a laundry basket, you're going to get hurt. You're going to have pain. So it's flexibility, strength, and then endurance. And that endurance part or condition, however you want to talk about it, that's the tip of the pyramid. 
it's the easiest to build, right? Everyone can go for a walk. Everybody can go, you know, a jog or a bike ride. It's funny that, you know, what I always say is in the fitness industry, I call it junk food fitness because basically everybody is, takes that pyramid and flips it upside down. They focus on the conditioning, the endurance, this, they do a little strength, probably not much flexibility. And then maybe, maybe they look at nutrition well, now what about mindset? What about sleep? What about breathing? Like that stuff comes last. That stuff comes first. That's the base of the pyramid. And so when I look at, you know, say a healthy diet, right? Fruits and vegetables, we all, we all know you need them. You got meat and potatoes. We got dessert or junk food. So my son's seven. If, if I let him just eat junk food, like, dude, like, you know, you got, like, you got kids. Like, they would eat junk food. Why would they eat junk food? Well, because there's a hormonal release from eating it. And it tastes good. Well, why do people go do the crush you workout endurance workout? Because there's a hormonal release and you feel like you did something. So when someone walks into the spot, just like my son's seven, if I don't care about him, I let him eat junk food. What do I do? I educate him, right? You got to eat something healthy first before we have to, right? Because I love him and I want him to understand the consequences of that. So when someone walks into the spot, we treat them the same way. So we don't. Every, I don't want to say a lot of people in fitness that person walks I just want to get across through this and they just hand them junk food and let them go but to us that we call it PFB work and that's pain free body work so it's flexibility stability control we're going to start every workout with that that's your fruits and your vegetables right so like we say to people you pay us because we're going to make you eat your fruits and vegetables in fitness then that meat and potatoes, that's your strength work. And then, of course, are we going to add some dessert in? That stuff that, you know, that hard conditioning that makes you, of course, right? Because that's part of a healthy diet, whether it's fitness diet, right, or the actual food you eat. And that's, to me, that's where I think, you know, we're really missing in fitness. If what we did as an industry, I'm talking, because there's obviously people, you guys interview people all the time, they're doing amazing work, right? So sometimes I use like every, but as a whole, we're failing in fitness because, like I tell you, when someone's like, oh, I've always failed at fitness. No, 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 I hate to tell you, but fitness has kind of failed you because the way that we do it, if it worked, then everybody'd be fit, right? Like, but we're more obese than ever. So obviously something we're doing is broken. And to me, it comes down to flipping that pyramid upside down and where we put our values in that pyramid. That's huge because, um, you know, the junk food fitness, because I, people in the fitness world, I don't, they, they, I'll say that they'll shame the average everyday person for eating junk food and like, why don't they just stop? They can just get healthy. But yet I injured myself again because of the junk food fitness. That's pretty freaking incredible. And that's very eye opening in my opinion, because I do a lot of junk food fitness. Well, I did a lot of junk food fitness in my day. (laughs) Um, what's a sign that you're getting too much junk food in your fitness? Well, so to me, when you look at your training, uh, I have, I went over this with house. So I have this programming optimization system that I've created. And part of that is look at what's your goals, right? So if I'm going to run an ultra marathon, well, God, I mean, now it's not about health and fitness, right? It's about, it's like us squatting a thousand pounds. That ain't about health and fitness, right? Benching 800 pounds. There's just nothing healthy about holding 800 pounds over your face, but right. Like that, that's not the goal. That's not what we're talking. We're not talking about the, and that's where people, they use these extremes and like, well, this and that. Yeah, that. That is a performance goal. That's different than the 99.9% of the people in the world. And so for me, you look at your training and you say, the way my program optimization system, it's really simple. So in my training, I've got every, every single thing you do in your training falls into three categories. PFB, pain-free body work, 
LBN, look better naked, your conditioning, and SFL, strength for life. Unless you're a performance athlete, right? Then we're, we're different, two different categories. And so to me, look at your training. How much of that am I spending in PFB work? Well, if I'm hurt, because I have this conversation with, with clients that come in all the time, and it's, oh, I just want to get lean. I want to get, you know, of course. Every, I mean, if I was to take, you know, so the spot, like I, we have a, a two 20,000 square foot facility. Like we deal with a lot of people. We start with people at eight years old. And so it's kind of our thing is a long-term athletic development model. We want an eight-year-old kid. We want the spot athletics to be the first place an eight-year-old kid trains. Learning how to move, learning to, to value their body, their health. Mm-hmm. We also want it to be the last place an 85 year old person trains. And we want to be able to take them through that. And so what's cool is we've been open now uh, 10 years and we have kids that started training with us in high school, left for college, are now back as young professionals training with us. And actually, we have a kid, probably one of the coolest, we have a kid who's training with us now. And it's the third generation of their family that we've trained. So, yeah, his, his grandpa was one of the first guys I trained. And he wasn't a grandpa, obviously, back then. Like, his kids were middle school. But then the kids became young adults. So it's like the grandpa trained with us. The kids trained with us. Now this is the third generation in that family. Like, that, for us, that is the ideal, right? Their whole family values fitness. Their whole family understands. And so to me, when you're looking at how do I know, it's no different than looking at your diet, Right? So everyone's like macros, this and that, right? Like, okay, so in a meal, this part of my plate was fruits and vegetables. This part of my plate was meat and potatoes. And this part was dessert. And so it, when you look at your training, it's easy to go PFB, LBN, SFL, classify, right? And so if I'm resting in between sets and do it, right, that, that's strength work. If I'm not doing any resting, right, then now we're conditioning. But so you just look at, I worked out for an hour, 90 minutes, whatever it was. Just look at what you did. You can put them in a category and go, oh, man, my body hurts. But 90% of my training was LBN, and I did 10% SFL and zero PFB. And so I have this conversation when they walk in all the time. I say, you know, what's your goal? Everybody, you know, lose weight, tone up for adults, right? So I say, okay, I get, I get that looking great. So what I say is it'd be like this, like in SEMO, okay. I get that looking great is your goal. So tell me this. If you look the best you ever looked, right? And obviously, you're, you're in good shape. But like, you were shredded. You're like, blessing, right? Like, so you're just the, the best you've ever looked in your life. I mean, you've never looked better. Walking down the street, people are just like, oh, my God, you look so amazing. But your knees and back hurt so bad you could barely stand. Would that be okay? No. Okay, so it sounds to me like your number one goal is to feel good. And number two, close behind it, is to look good. And that's the conversation I have with people all the time. Like, they think it's to look good, but no one wants to feel like shit. But, but no one, but no, I don't say it. Most people don't approach their training that way. And, and most of what is done in fitness doesn't approach people that way either. Because, again, it's junk food fitness. It's, they come in, they want candy, and they go, I need to make money. Here's some candy. And to us, you know, it's, I'll tell you this, it's a lot harder to make a living doing it the way we do it. Because at the spot athletics, like we we have to be really careful. We can't we can't do marketing where it's like ah oh, like six week booty challenge, and we can't do any of that mm-hmm. because that's not our beliefs. And even to the point, the way we do things at the at the spot is you know like I said we're private, 
So everybody who joins the spa has to do a training tryout. And what that is, is you come in and we, we just tell everybody, like, hey, we're private. We just, at the Spotify, we do things different. And because we do them differently, like, we're not for everyone. And, and we tell them right up front, we go, look, if you want to be sore after every workout and just exhausted, we're not the place. You need to go somewhere else. However, if you want long-term sustainable results, you're going to love what we do. And then, you know, like, oh, yeah, man, I want a, a year of training, right? Awesome, right? We'll, we'll obviously sign you up for that. But just know the first session you come in, it's your training trap. So everyone has to be there. They want they they need to work hard. They right like I got work hard tattooed on my arms. Right, like it's pretty integral part of my philosophy in life. But my thing too is <laughs> work hard, train smarter. Right, I mean that's it's not just hard. It's got to be smart. So they come in, and if they want to work hard, if they're coachable and they're a good fit for our culture, then awesome. We'd love to have you in our program. If those three things aren't true, then we go, hey, we're going to refund your money, less, you know, the cost of the training tryout, and we hope we find something that fits for who you are. And they'll, they'll find something that fits for who they are. And a lot of people, you know, they're so wrapped up and like, if I don't get crushed in this workout, it wasn't worth anything. Well, you, you walk off, right? So, so is that crazy hard? But what kind of, what kind of difference does that make in your fitness and your health, right? It, Consistency beats intensity every single day. And that's just not how I think general fit. Like you talked about, like I did a lot of that junk food fitness because it does. Like it feels good to work hard in those things, but it's got to be planned. You know, with what you're saying right now, it's um, it makes me really wonder because people have come onto the show and I always pose to them the question, if somebody wants to, because you work with a general amount of people, like a lot of different types of people at the spot, right? And I always pose the question, can't someone get to an elite level while also being able to be healthy? And there have been a lot of professionals that have said, you know, there's a difference between wanting to be elite, like you're not aiming for health there, but I think that you can. I think that you can become elite and you can be super healthy, but the difference is how fast are you trying to aim to be elite? Because I think about... When I see guys and they're burning out or I see guys and they're killing themselves to try to be the greatest, a lot of them, when they're killing themselves, it's because they want to be the greatest now, not seven years from now. I agree 100%. And can I take a Captain Morgan's pose? Like you? Absolutely. Let's do it. Go for it. I, like, I feel, I feel kind of... Anybody who wants to move can, around, can go for we, it. Can Thank we, you. And can we all We've be one of sitting these? All like, point, like we're pointing at are something Are we in the camera? You I, I'm going to go check. I'm pretty sure just my balls are in the camera right now. Yeah, right now it's just your legs. Views just went through the roof. Yeah, gosh, <laughs> just a billion, trillion views. So, I, I mean, I think like it does feel good to stand. You guys, yes. been, I mean, you guys have been doing this all day. So, uh, I think to your point, Seema, I'm the perfect example of how not to do it, right? Because I learned piloting was a sport. Ascent, not, I mean, exactly, but basically... All of a sudden, and this is where you know Mark and I first met. It was Louis Simmons, Mel Siff. It was 2002. I mean, it was 20 years ago. Joe Ken was there. That's right. Joe <laughs> Ken was there, buddy. All, I mean, it was it was a, I mean, it was a broom closet with amazing people that I'm still friends with today. Which is kind of it's kind of cool that it was just that conference 20 years ago, and we're all still friends. Yeah, it's really weird, yeah. So, I think back. I you know I learned piloting was a sport in 2002, let's say, and then I'm traveling around learning. I come to Westside. And, you know, between learning it was a sport, having my name on the record board at Westside with the biggest bench in the gym, two years. Steve Goggins, who, if people don't know, he's one of the greatest powerlifters of all time. And 
Steve came up to me to meet, and we competed in the same weight class. And he said, "Jail, you're setting the world on fire." I mean, within two years, I had the fourth highest total in the world all time, right? He's like, "You're doing." He goes, "But you have to slow down." He said, "You're going too fast." He's like, "You have tons of time." And you know, at the time, I was so young. I just, I, you know, he walked away, and in my head, I thought to myself, "Well, he's just mad because I'm going to beat him, right?" Like that, <laughs> because you're young, you don't know. And then, you know, late in 2004, I was doing 1,100-pound squat, herniated L5-S1, and I, you know, I went from I'm the strongest guy in the world to I can't put my underwear on. And, you know, when you have two 300-pound guys helping each other get, you know, get one guy's underwear on, it's not a pretty sight. But, but, it's, but I think that's the point. I wanted it now. I didn't do it the right way, and I was too young and ego-driven to know that. And so there's another guy that I went to college with who was an awful power lifter. He, he was so awful. Like, we made fun of him. He was so weak. Yeah. He just kept slowly, slowly moving, and he would never go to a meet. It's kind of like, well, Alexiev did it for different reasons because he got paid for world records, but he, he would never miss in a meet, and he just slowly, slowly went up. Well, over 10 years, he became a world champion, squatted over 1,000 pounds. But he was awful, but, and he never got hurt. Because he never missed a weight in a meet. He always took weights he knew he could make. And that, to me, watching him do that, in my experience, I think that's a lot of the reason I have the philosophy I have with fitness today. Because I look, and, and I always tell people this. People ask nutrition advice. And like, well, diet, put me on this, do this. And what I, I always start with everybody this way. To me, it's behavior-based. And so it's consistency and behavior. And so I tell people, look, if you just eat, eat what you're eating now, as long as your weight's staying the same, right? Because if you're, if you're gaining a bunch of weight, that's, you know, there's a different calorie piece. If you weigh what you weigh now and you've been that way, say, for six months, and you eat two last bites for dinner, that's going to be, you know, maybe, depends what you eat, but 100, 150 calories. If you just, for a year, eat two last bites at dinner, don't change anything, you'll lose about eight pounds of fat. And if you do it for five years, you'll lose 40 pounds from two last bites. Right? Like, but everybody overestimates in the short term and underestimates in the long term because when I tell people that, like, I don't want to do that, I got to lose it now. To your point, can you do it? Yes. But do you have, do you have the patience? And can your ego take that? Right, because everybody, I mean, it's the world we live in. Everybody wants things now. But I I think that, to your point, yes, I didn't do it that way. And I think that's why when people come in, I'm so adamant of this long-term sustainable plan because I did it in a way where it it basically screwed up my life for six years because I was depressed and all these other things. So, yes, I agree with you 100%. I think it's very hard to do that. So, Well, outside of that six years, um, I was going to say the rebuttal of... But JL, it worked. Because look at you now. So that's where a lot of people are going to go. They're going to be like, no, not me, bro. Like, it, I'm going to do it the way you did it, and I'm going to be something. Well, I think this is it. It's all about what do you want. And so in life, you've got these highs. But then because I did it so fast and wanted it so fast, you have, yeah, you have great highs. But then you have insane lows. Mm. Or you can just keep climbing up that mountain and just be there. And eventually you'll get, right? It's a tortoise in the hair. I mean, it's this, the, I mean that fable is as old as time. And so 
I think in today's world, it's even harder to maintain being that tortoise. And again, like you said, like, oh, you did this. But here's the thing. One of the greatest compliments I, I think I've ever had was the same guy, Steve Goggins. We were out, out at Elite doing a Learn to Train seminar, and uh, we were at lunch. <laughs> they were talking about the current world records and the crazy numbers, and everybody's sitting around, you know, like, like guys do. Steve stopped everybody, and Steve don't talk a lot. Steve stopped her and goes, hey, I'm going to tell everyone sitting at this table right now. JL stays healthy. He's destroying every single record that's out there today. He was stronger than any of these guys. And I know that's true. If I would have stayed, I mean, this is, what are we talking, like 2004? Shit, dude, I inclined bench 600 pounds. Like, Jesus. what the fuck? Oh, my but, God. I mean, it, like, my, I, was, I remember I went to a wedding, and I didn't know. Because you're at Westside, you're just like, yeah, I'm the strongest guy at Westside. But, like, there's other guys that are close, right? There's, hey, that guy, you know, he did 500. I mean, that's, not, that's like 100 pounds. So it's not that much different. And so I went to this wedding in New York. I went to this gym to get a lift, like, today. And I'll never forget I'm on the incline bench. I'm just doing like sets of eight with 455 or whatever. And I was like, hey, man, you give me a lift off. And the dude comes in. Like, everyone in the gym is watching. And I literally went. I was so unaware at that point. I went back and I was like, it was so weird. All these people were watching me. Now, at this point in my life, I'm like, oh, my God, I would watch that, too. Like I would, but at the time, I was just like, yeah, I was just getting a lift before the wedding. <laughs> like, and so I think like that part of just wanting to go so high so fast, like I live that life. And it it's not worth it. Yeah, I got to. So here's what I said. I went, whew. but if I would have went slow, it would just been, and I would have got way higher than I ever went without all the issues, without a lot of the problems. And that's, to your point, I, I think you're 100% right. Yes, you can do it, but can you have the patience to do it? What is this uh, subconscious nervous system? Because I think it's really interesting to get into that a little bit more. And I think last time we saw you and spoke with you, you mentioned some of that stuff. You were talking about my cousin, how he was kind of standing in the corner. He wanted to be out of everybody's way. And, you know, you can start to kind of pick apart, like, who that person is. You're like, okay, he's probably a dad. You know, he probably wants to do shit for other people first and probably always puts himself second. Maybe that's why his health is compromised. It's, like, really strange, right? You can start to analyze. Like, if you were to tell all three of us individually to jump over that couch... I would probably be like, huh? Like, I would, I would need a second. Andrew might be pretty reserved, but in SEMA, go. yeah, go. he's going to be like, oh, yeah. That you, sounds, you didn't even say he was almost going to do it. Yeah. You didn't even ask. That sounds like a good challenge. He was like, what do you want me to do? I'll jump over the couch and go through the right, wall. Yeah. You know, so is that some of the stuff that you're kind of talking about? Like, you, somebody having, like, kind of this almost awareness? Like, I would, I would try to stall you a bit if you were like, hey, Mark, jump over this couch. Well, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that, you know, that gets into, obviously, there's, there's some different personalities. In that, however, what I would say is the guy that I met 20 years ago would jump over that couch, right? No problem. I mean, see it, right? Yeah. So what's the difference? You're still, you're still the same guy. The difference is your physiology dictates behavior. Now, obviously psychology, and I, I got really deep into this, and I got to a point where I really felt like, like, Physiology, it's everything, all the No, man. It, like, <laughs> I had to come back on that because then I had some failures and I'm like, oh, okay, this isn't it. it. It really is this yin and yang where your physiology does drive a lot and predict the patterns of your behavior, but you can still change that physiology through behavior. And that comes through, you know, positive affirmations, what you believe, all these pieces. However, when you start working on that physiology piece, 
you can actually change the psychology piece much quicker because here's how I'll explain that. Why right now do you not want to go into If everything on your body felt amazing, hips, knees, everything, would you go do that? Absolutely. So physiology drives behavior. It's not a personality thing. It's, it's how my body feels thing. Because what's the number one thing? So what does your body want to do more than anything? I'm trying to think like for me, I'm trying to think, okay, my left hip has been hurting forever and my right knee. So like which leg am I going to try to propel myself over the fucking couch? I know I can jump over the couch. I don't have any doubt about that part of it. Yeah. It's the landing, you know, or <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. aftermath. It's, it's not falling out the window that hurts. It's, yeah. it's the landing. Yeah. Um, and to answer your question, I just would say protect itself. Survive. That's survive. it. Okay, the, yeah. yeah. No, no. Protect itself is the same as survival. That's 100%. Your body just wants to survive. So it doesn't matter if we're talking about jumping over that couch or if we're talking about, you know, having a conversation that's a crucial conversation with your wife or an employee. Like, it's all just accomplishing something. How you accomplish that is influenced very largely by your physiology, but that all happens in the unconscious nervous system. And so that's where, you know, you get into a lot of these pieces. And once you really start to understand this unconscious nervous system and the global neurological sequence, you can start to look at people and start to test them through things. And I'll do it to people sometimes just to have fun because, you know me, I love, I love to have fun. And so to me, like, if you're taking yourself seriously, like I told you, like, I'm basically a five-year-old. I have a seven-year-old, and, dude, we love life because we are right there, right? Like, when he gets 10, I'm scared because I'm he might be a little too mature for me, right? So, but for me, I'll do that with people where, you know, I was visiting a friend out in San Diego, and she, she brought me over some friends, and they were like, oh, yeah, we're really into some of this stuff. So then I was like, all right, let me test some things. Boom, boom, boom. And they were about to get married. And so I said, okay. Oh, no. So, no, 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 no. No, no. No, no. This is a happy ending. Happy ending. Happy ending. You guys are very incompatible. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't get married. No. No, they, they were great. But what I did was I tested some things. And then I said, okay, guys. And I looked at her. I go, isn't it frustrating? How when you're just trying to be close and hold him, he won't do that. And he either keeps you away or puts him over his shoulder and won't look you in the eye close. Like, Isn't that annoying in bed? And she was like, what the fuck? Because when you start to test some of these pieces, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So when you start to pick apart this unconscious nervous system, the behavior of not jumping over that couch, that's going to translate to a lot of different other places. And so that's what... You know, to the point, right? So most people, modern psychology go, well, that's just, that's a personality. That's a mental thing, right? No, it's not. Your hip hurts. <laughs> like, that's not a mental thing. That is literally, it's there. It's your physiology. And that's where someone would go, oh, well, and it seems just loves a challenge and he's going to do that. Marked up. No, fuck that. Because the dude I knew 20 years ago would jump through that wall and have me hit him over the chair with, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and that, because, and that's it is in that part, it's, it's, like it's a deep rabbit hole of stuff I've really dropped down. But a lot of what I've done uh, with, with a lot of my coaching is working with uh, really successful entrepreneurs who, I mean, they've killed it in business. They value their health and fitness. Because if you don't value your health and fitness, I, I think of the GNS, the Global Knowledge Sequence, I think of like a dial on the wall. So if I had this dial on the wall and that dial's turned down, it's real dim in here. I dial that up, it gets real bright in here. Well, the light bulbs all have the potential to be really bright, but that dial. So that GNS is a dial on the wall. Well, like I said, all these pieces affect it. 
your sleep, like all these health, fitness. And so that dial, if someone's not taking care of their sleep, they're you know, drinking all the time, eating awful, not doing fitness. Well, that GNS job, it's a two. So they don't, they don't need somebody who has a deep understanding of that. They just need to do the things that literally everybody in the world knows. You need. So my, my specialty is coming in to the guy who already does all that, and his GNS is an eight, and he's super successful. However, there is one place in his life or her life that no matter how hard they try, no matter how many books they read, no matter how many consultants they bring in, they can't get that part of life where they want. And the reason they can't, in my experience, is because nobody has been addressing the unconscious nervous system with them. The ability to execute the things you know you should do. If everybody had that unconscious ability to execute, you have Google. Everyone would be ripped and be a billionaire. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, it's not hard to be a billionaire, right? Like, sell something for a billion dollars, right? Or, you know what I mean? Like, there's, but, and that's the thing is, this part is just, it, it flows, and, and for me, right? Fitness, strength, I mean, it's, it's a part of who I am. It'll always be a part of who I am. And honestly, me understanding these pieces, it really came from a lot of my deep understanding of motor learning. Because I realized that, Okay, the nervous system goes through the brain. Same nervous system that goes through the brain goes through the body. When it goes through the brain, it sends the exact same signals it sends through the body. However, when it goes into the brain, it becomes a thought, conscious awareness. I can say something. When that same signal goes in the body, it becomes an unconscious action. And so those two things are so integral. And when I started to understand, like, wait. I understand how motor learning works. I understand how this works. So then when we look at behavior, so, okay, you know how to squat. Your squat pattern, I mean, it is, it's dialed or in jits, right? Like all the, and so you've learned that. That is an innate pattern you have. Well, we know this from lifting geared and raw and all these differences. The pattern that made you successful, let's say to squat and gear, might not make you successful to squat non-gear, right? It's a little different. Well, the thing is with behavior is that the behavior that I might have used when I was 25 years old that made me really successful, it's going to make me really unsuccessful at 35. The difference is, is that behavior is just like squatting. Once the pattern gets ingrained, that pattern's there. My body's like, oh, that makes, because we want to survive. So we go to patterns that either keep us safe. And this is the one no one talks about. Everyone talks about like, oh, trauma's trapped in the body and 100%. Success gets trapped in the body too. Uh, so like no one talks about that, but success experiencers are just as powerful as trauma. So there's, that, there's an old quote, right? Rowing the boat is successful across the river. Carrying the boat up the mountain isn't. And so what got you someplace isn't going to get you to the next. And that's where I really see the gap in what we're doing today as far as that behavior or weight loss or any, any kind. Whether it's like you just sold a, bill, a business for whatever, but you know what? You have shitty relationships with your kids. And you want to change that, but you just haven't been able to, right? Because what it took you to get successful and build that huge business, that you learned that like having those relationships, you, had to, you sacrificed some of those things. And now you're like, okay, I don't know how to do this. Because I'm, I've only been successful in this. 
And that's, I think people don't talk about that. Like there's so much behavior that made me successful in powerlifting that made me really unsuccessful in other parts of life. And that, that gets trapped in your body. Success gets trapped. Just like, it's just a pattern, right? It's just a pattern that gets, and your body's going to run those patterns. You know, there's so many things that's going off in my mind about what you're saying, because when you talk about like having a success somewhere, like for example, Michael Jordan, if you watch the documentary, you see how he's such a savage on the court, but then you also see, well, that is also the way he handles gambling. Maybe the way he handles certain types of other relationships. Like he's always like, ugh, right. And he, he's, he can, he said he can be kind of a fucking dick, right? So even though he's the goat of basketball did being the goat of basketball, that's success. That is not success in maybe relationships. That's not success in lifestyle. It's like the way you're approaching things, if we can have a, a potentially a holistic way of finding success, Right, because your your success yep. in powerlifting was still success. Right, yeah. It was two it was two years, but it was success. Right. But that doesn't drive success later in life, maybe doing things long term and you adjusted and changed. So that's how, the thing is how do you teach somebody well, that? So I do want to put this in and this is where the ego comes in, because then I did come back and win a world championship ah. ten years later. But but I had to grow and do things My like that. No, 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 no. But I, I did but I had to learn. But no, but I did, like coming back, like I hurt myself, I hurt myself, so I had to travel and learn and do all these things because I'm like, eh, the way I'm doing things isn't really working, right? Like I did it and that was that was exactly it. I did it this way. It worked and I did it this way. And then after that injury I tried doing it that way and it was like, oh now I hurt myself again. Now I did this. And so as far as how you do it, there's there's a lot of approaches. The approach that for me is, and, and we kind of talked this last time I was here, but you know, I went and learned a, a system. There's a guy out of South Africa. His name's Douglas Hill. We were talking about And you Douglas. said you're going to San Diego doing a seminar with him. No, I'm br- right? Yeah, I'm bringing him in from South Africa. So I'm bringing him in. We're going to do a four-day clinic in Columbus, and then, then we're going out to San Diego to do a four-day clinic in uh, May. And so he teaches a system called Be Activated. And what happens with that system is that's where basically it's, I went and did a clinic and that started my journey on learning a lot of this. And so it just, all of a sudden I'm like, holy cow, I'm so different. Why is that? Right. And so you just start dropping down these rabbit holes and and figuring these pieces out. And so in my mind where I think, and who knows, 10 years, whatever, the nervous system, it, it, it's getting that way in sports a lot because performance is easy. So when, when we talk about jumping over the couch, everyone, everyone can visualize jumping over the couch. Yeah. But when it comes to just kind of behavior, it gets a little more arbitrary. Well, to me, in 10, 15 years, I, my, what I think will be at a place where you can't, any, any psychologist, counselor, anybody you go to to have that kind of behavior type change, it works really well as long as you have the unconscious ability to execute. So if you go there and you can't do it, that's when you'll get paired with a body worker who will help shift that nervous system and give you, or not give you because you can't give someone anything. It'll help you find that way to get in a place where you can have that unconscious ability to execute. And that's really, to me, there's you know obviously psychedelics or, or something that's is blown up. The way that I see, you know, a lot of the be activated work and, and, you know, and there might be a million different ways. I'm just using my experience of what I know. And it's being, it's that like the, you know, so basically RPR, which we we talked about last time. So when I learned be activated, it was so powerful. 
and I wanted people at the spot athletics and my coaches, I'm like, Oh, I'm showing you guys this, but like, I can't have uh, my 24 year old strength coach rubbing the chest of a 15 year old volleyball girl. Right. Like that. We wouldn't be talking about the spot athletics right now. Mm-hmm. Be like, Oh, jail is so unfortunate that you're homeless. Uh, it's just like, Mark, can I get a dollar? Uh, so, right, right. But I, I think so. So what happened was, it was like, okay, Hey, can we make this self-applied? And that's where, you know, that's when I came up with the name Reflexive Performance Reset and, and kind of started in, but I talked to Douglas and that's where we set that up. So Be Activated, it, it, we simplified for our people. You do yourself with Be Activated, it's much deeper, it's hands-on, it's practitioner-based, it's not anything you do yourself. Mm-hmm. But the cool part is, is that RPR helps you sustain those pieces because your nervous system changes instantly. So, you know, that you can't fix anything in the nervous system per se. You can make a change because the nervous system can change so fast. Like it can change. So it's about sustaining the change. And that's where RPR comes in handy with the activate is that, okay, now you've made these big changes. And I can tell you personally, like, <laughs> like huge emotional releases, like got rid of stuff that's like, I mean, crazy stuff. Like I didn't talk to my mom for eight years and like I was going through this work and finally like going through and I got when we talk about a release like we're talking like like crime, uncontrollable right because that's that kind of stuff gets stuck in your body just from having somebody do what like massage your body essentially well it's body work it's not massage because we're not working on the muscles it's actually creating a shift in the nervous system but you do that through body work what does it feel like or what does it uh no so what I would say is somebody has their hands on you, you're breathing. Yeah. So it would be kind of, I would say the closest for people would be, it feels a little bit like massage, right? Yeah. It, it definitely feels a little bit like massage, but the difference is you're not working on any kind of muscles. You're working on the nervous system and getting the nervous system to be in a place. So what is your thing? Safe, right? So why do you hold on to these things? Well, because you don't feel safe to let go. So, right. So I didn't feel safe maybe to talk to my mom. Well, once I did all this and, and got this out of my body, I mean, it was Mother Day. I called my mom and, you know, I said, she's like, I'm sorry. I was like, you don't need to apologize. I was like, I know you love me. I know you did your best. But like for eight years, I couldn't have that conversation, right? She wasn't at my wedding. She didn't see my, my seven-year-old like at all. You know what I'm saying? Like all these things. But my, my physiology, my body wasn't in a place to just be like, I'm, I'm cool with everything that happened. I'm, I'm like, you know what I mean? And so... That's where I really say, like, I, I, that's why I believe that, you know, psychedelics is another way to do it. And, and so to me, you're just, you're getting on the same merry ground. The difference is, is psychedelics, you're obviously you're using a drug. It's changing your state. It's allowing you to drop in a place you just can't by yourself and in normal everyday life. With Be Activated, that's been my experience is that it's the same thing. It's allowing you to drop into a space you can't get in normal life. So just like psychedelics, you need a guide. Well, in Be Activated, the person working with you is the guide, right? Where I, where I think Be Activated is harder than psychedelics is that once you, once you take that psychedelic, you're on that merry ground whether you want to be on it or not. Mm-hmm. With Be Activated, you can just say, hey, I'm done, right? Like, stop. Okay, so where, where, the, the, where it's a little harder is that you have to want to do the work. And, and so I always say when I work with people with a lot of this, and so this gets into like how I integrate this into my coaching, right? Cause I have to. And so, because people are coming saying like, here's something I can't accomplish. 
So it's like, okay, do you care for your fitness and health? Have you worked with counselors? Have you worked with, yes, I've done this. I've read, but okay, awesome. Now you're a person like, okay, now I can come in because if you haven't done any of that stuff, you could literally read a book and be like, I'm good. Well, you don't, okay, well then you have the unconscious ability. Just, but most people that are highly successful, there, there's an area that they've been working on. They just can't get right. I mean, it's just, it's that one area. And so for me doing that work, you still, you have to have that guy cause it becomes a journey because all of a sudden, like for me, it, that was hard. Like calling my mom and doing it. Like first I was like, what the heck am I doing? Right? Like there is this, <laughs> there's this interplay where when, when you have more space to operate in the world, it's like, okay, if you were stuck in a dark room all the time, yeah, it's uncomfortable. Maybe it's super hot in this dark room, but guess what? You're used to it. So then when all of a sudden the room opens up and it's huge, arbitrarily we say, oh, that's so much better, so much better. It's freaking scary. There, like, there's a reason that people win the lottery who are really poor and several years later are right back to where they were. Right? Because they were in that dark box. And, and all of a sudden the room opened up, the world opened up, and it was scary, and their physiology couldn't handle it. So the unconscious nervous system was like, I'm going to gamble my money away, right? And so that's, that's the hard part is you open up that space, but you have to do something to maintain it. And like, again, and part of that could be working with psychology. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to approach all of this. I think for me, there's a way I found that has been successful for me, right? And, and I'm by no means saying that this is going to be successful for everybody because everybody needs something different. And that's whether it's fitness, whether it's food, like we all need something different to work. Like everyone is different. But to me, what it comes down to is like, you're getting the body into a place that now it feels safe. So when the body feels safe, all of a sudden a lot opens up. So think about like this. Okay. We're in Columbus, Ohio. Beautiful day. I rode my motorcycle down. I mean, awesome. You've been in Arnold's when it's ice, snow, right? Like, awful. Mm -hmm. So think about walking outside, right? So you walk outside, it's super, super slick ice. What happens? You start moving real slow, and what happens? Your world closes down. All you can focus on is what's right in front of you, right? Mm -hmm. That's because your body doesn't feel safe. It closes everything down. So, like, Mark could be here. I love him. He's here, and he just walks by, but I'm just so I don't want to slip. I don't want to fall. But it's sunny and it's nice out today. I'm walking around. I feel safe. My world's open. And that happens to us every day through our physiology, shutting different pieces down for different people. Power Project Family, how's it going? You guys probably have watched a lot of Mark's lifting videos and some of my lifting videos. And you've probably noticed that our shorts never go past our knees. Nope. There's a reason for that. Y'all got to show those quads off, baby. And the shorts that we're always wearing are from a company called Viori. That's called V-U-O-R-I. But Viori has amazing clothes for the gym that we wear, but also outside the gym. So you can wear them to dinner parties, dates, uh, you know, gather gatherings, all that good stuff. But all their clothes fit well, like fit amazing. This is a shirt from Viori, by the way. Look at that shoulder. Like, it's a two- <laughs> just, just look at this. Look at the It, it fits so well for people in fitness. Um, and even if you're not, just check them out. Andrew, how did they mm-hmm. get it? Yeah, clothes that look good inside and outside of the gym and work just as well inside and outside of the gym. Head over to viori.com slash power project. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash power project to receive 20% off your first order. Uh, links to them down in the description as well as the podcast show notes. So is it as, so like, yeah, I'm going to definitely be reserved jumping over the couch because my back hurts and it hurts really bad right now from sitting all day. <laughs> That's why we're standing. I know. Thank you. That's a great idea. Um, 
Is it as simple as fix my back, fix my physiology? No. So you got to remember all this stuff. It's a yin and yang. So we could adjust your GNS and your back could feel better. Your back could feel better and it could adjust your GNS. Like that's the thing that it's that flow back and forth that at first I didn't understand. There's the psychology and there's the physiology. So like the term that I talk about, it's like I work on the physiology of success. I don't, I'm not a psychology person. It's cool because I, I got with the behaviorist. I'm like, I'm not an expert in the behavior side. Got with behaviors. We started working on a lot of this. And, and it's cool to watch some of the theories and things we've talked about and be like, oh, that's true. This is true because they were theories at first. And so you have to remember there's that cycle. So we come to belief. So when we believe something, it can change our physiology. Our physiology starts to change. It can work on changing our belief even more. Yeah. And so it's not fix my back, my physiology better. It's not fix your physiology, your back gets better. You have to work on both ways. And that's where people miss is that it's not, you know, the people are like, you think and all your behavior, everything comes from your brain. It doesn't. Your brain is just the conscious nervous system. There's the unconscious nervous system as well. It's like putting your hand on a hot stove. If we had a hot stove right here, I don't, I don't care. You're going to go, oh, geez. If the human body had to think, God, that's hot. I wonder if that's my hand burning. Like we, we wouldn't survive as a species, but that's happening all the time. So to your point, it, you got to think about it as a circle, work on both ends. It, yeah. And it makes a ton of sense because right now I'm focusing on fixing my back uh, 100% for the first time ever. Congratulations. I am also believing it 100% for the first time ever. And I am having the most success that I've ever had. So okay. thank you. Yeah. So that. It just helps solidify everything that I'm doing right now. You, dude, so when I, when I was, and it's funny how stuff comes back around, right? And, and how do things stick with you? Like we were talking, uh, Louis Simmons, and I think I, I would hope everyone who listens to this maybe knows, but at okay. least most people, uh, I would hope. But hey, you know, I met, dude, no lie, I was, I was speaking at a clinic in Florida a couple of weeks ago, and there was a, a young trainer, and I was like, what, he was like, who's Louis Simmons? I was like, oh my God. But um, <laughs> so when, when I first met Louie, like he was asking a 15 year old kid and he had that just childlike curiosity. And, and that's a moment that sticks out in my mind. And something that stuck out to me when I was 15 was it's, it's a Latin saying, it's men sana and capor sano, right? A sound mind and a sound body. I was 15 years old when I read that. And to this day, it stuck with me. So it's one of those things where I was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. You can't separate the mind and the body. Greeks knew it, right? Like everybody throughout history has known that until about 200 years ago. And then they went, all right, psychology, you get the brain, you get all that medicine, you get the body. So literally what you're talking about, the belief in working on your back was the philosophy for 10,000 years. But 200 years ago, a little cat said, I think, therefore I am. And it started our current modern medical model. Fucking philosophy. You know, <laughs> with what you're saying right now, we've, we've, like Mark mentioned, we've been talking about beliefs so much. And what you said about the feedback loop of 
your physiology feeding your belief. The the belief of young men, I think, has been like really fucking hijacked as far as fitness is concerned, especially. And the, what I mean by it is that like I, I see it on TikTok, I see it on Instagram, I see it on YouTube, where a lot of creators are saying, oh, these guys are on drugs, these guys are on drugs, these guys are on drugs. Young men watch this. They're 15, 16 years old. They train for a little bit. Because remember, we talked about longevity and trying to do things for a long time to get good. So they train. They don't gain as much size as they wanted in a year or two. So they're like, well... Greg said that these guys are on tests and I want to look like them. So it looks like I'll have to take tests to get bigger. Maybe they hop on tests at 20 years old and they start gaining a little bit of size. Now the only way for them to get fucking big is by taking tests. And if they ever get off tests, they won't get big anymore because they don't believe that they can get big without taking tests. And it's a fucking, I'm sorry, it's just a fucking annoying feedback loop that's frustrating to me. Fucking Greg. <laughs> I, I love Greg. Listen, I love Greg, but I feel like, honestly, some of his shit is fucking up a lot of young dudes because he's like, I'm just being honest and saying how this is what happens I'm in the I'm trying industry. to watch out for you. I'm trying to watch out for all of you, but it's just making them pessimistic, sad. I don't know what you guys are talking about, so. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. But like, I'm, but I under, but I, exactly what you're talking about, I know it happens. I mean, all, it, to get to your point, <laughs> Fitness, no, but here's the thing, and this is why. So here's one biggest thing. When I got done, like powerlifting was everything. It was the most important thing in my life. There was, mm-hmm. no, I mean, it was like, hey, it's it's your wife's birthday. No, it's bench day, right? Like it's it, it was the most important thing. So fitness, the the you know the advice people give on nutrition, and that's why I love what, what you guys do, right? Because it's real from people who have other interests in their life. Like this isn't the only thing, and so. What I realized when I got done with pilots, like I would hand people these diets and do all this. Like, why can't you do this, right? Because it was everything in my life. Then all of a sudden, I've got kids. I've got two businesses, right? I'm doing all these pieces, and we're growing the spot athletics from 2000 to 220, right? Like, all of a sudden, that can't be the most important thing. So what I realized was that, wait, in fitness, it's people where fitness is the most important thing in their life giving the same advice that works for them to people where fitness might be third, fourth, fifth, and then getting mad at those people because they can't live like the people where it's first. But the thing I'd say is, guess what, guys? That's first for you, but you need the person whose money it isn't first. So maybe we got some values mixed up because they got money to pay you to do your job. So you're mad because you want them to be like you, but if they were like you, they wouldn't be able to pay for your service. It's like maybe we should change like our approach to this a little. So I, to me, man, like the whole thing, like getting on tests. And, dude, I don't know about you, but like, it's just it, the information. So out there, like when we were in high school, it was like, oh, like Roy, right? like remember the commercials? Oh, yeah. It's just so different today. Where like even ten years ago, TRT was this awful thing and now it's so acceptable. so that's part of it too is is kids see a lot of this and it is so acceptable and the the things are changed but they don't understand like you have as much testosterone as you need like you're you're 16 17 18 years old like you got everything you need all you need is time and consistency that's it yeah uh, assuming everything's in line uh can i focus just on lbn look better naked yeah for sure okay so that's that's really like you can that's really what i want once i start getting out of this bag yeah, you can focus on it and then you're gonna be fucked up again and then we're gonna be talking about how you're really working on her, helping your back be- because you can't so can you go so the way we, we run our group program at the spot with my system i sat down i said okay over a year right over a year 
I would like my adult clients to have a good percentage of LBN because that is the goal. However, I need a really good percentage of PFB and I need some SFL, right? Give us those names again in terms of Yeah, so cool. sorry. Yeah, yeah, I know I'm so used to saying. <laughs> so PFB is pain-free body work. So PFB, pain-free body work, stability, flexibility, control. And, and there's a million things that fit into that, right? It could be crawling, could be soft tissue work, could be flexibility work, mobility work, right? There's so like our categories for that flows, right? Like all of those pieces fit in that PFB category. And so I have this year plan and we have a percentage of pain-free body work we want. We have a percentage of look better naked. We have a percentage of strength for life. However, that year plan, it breaks down into four 13-week phases. Those four 13-week phases break down into four three- or four-week blocks. So I can tell you right now at the spot, we're in our strong and fit phase. And, or sorry, no, lean and fit right now. High LBN, pretty good amount, pretty high PFB because we're doing more LBN, so we need to up the PFB a little bit, low SFL. We go into strong and fit, higher. So... You have to look at your plan as a, as a macro, like just when you talk long term. So if you go and your back feels better and you go all, I'm all in, it's, it's short term. You're looking at these hard workouts today. Look at your yearly plan mm-hmm. and go, hey, I need 25% PFB. Maybe I need 50% LBN and 25% SFL because I'm, I'm strong enough. Because I always ask people, are you strong enough to do everything you want in your daily life? And if you are and you don't compete, then the goal is just maintaining that. Maybe making it a little better in weaknesses so you don't get injured, but that's it. So for you, I, I mean, obviously we haven't sat down and talked, but I would say 25% PFB, 50% LBN, 25% SFL. Now, so if you've got that pain-free body work, what hurts? Let's go to that. LBN, hey, if your back hurts, let's, let's do things that are closed chain. Let's not do jogging or sprinting because there's a lot of pounding in that, right? And so you just adjust for what you need. But you know what? You might start because it hurts. If I'm getting out, I might be, when, when you go back to say training hard, you might start in that macro, that year plan. And you might say, hey, my pain-free body work when I start training, it's going to be 50%. Because crawling, flows, th- those burn calories really well. Mm-hmm. But they make your body feel good, right? I mean, I know you do a lot of that stuff as well, right? Well, no, they do more crawling stuff than I do. I do like I'm well, grapple. you do jit, so that's I mean, true. that's basically crawling the whole time. But, but they've been like doing a lot of like go to stuff recently, and they've been you guys have been reaping hella benefits. And it's been feeling yeah. good, right? But that's the PFB work, right? Like now you're starting to go. Oh, I need, well, you weren't saying pain free body work. That's obviously a term that I came up with. But that that PFB, that pain free body work, like crawling fits in that. But is there a metabolic demand to crawling? Right? Like, oh yeah, for sure. Right? It's pretty hard. Yeah. I mean, and especially if I haven't done much of it, right? And so I would say, hey, you come back, 50% is going to be pain-free body work. Maybe 25% is going to be look better naked, conditioning. And, and because the LBN doesn't have to be job. It can be weight training just with low, right? There's a million things that can fit in that. A squat could fit in PFB. Depending, like if you're doing like what we call breathing squats, where you just get down, we're belly breathing and feeling through the hips. Now we're opening up range of motion, like that can be PFB. So it's not the exercise, it's the intent in what we do with it. Or we could do one rep max, right? That's some SFL, five minute, 10 minute rest in between one squat, right? Or we could do some lighter load, higher rep, and now that can be 
LBN, look better naked category. So it's not the exercise, it's the intent, how we use it, the intensity of the loading, the rest. And so I would start 50% pain-free body work, 25% look better naked, and 25% strength for life. And the only reason I say that is because you need that strength for life to maintain enough strength in your weaknesses so your back doesn't get injured again, paired with that pain-free body work. Then that might be your first, you know, say four-week block. How does my body feel? Okay, now I can ramp maybe the LBN look better naked up and drop some of that pain-free body workout because it's feeling great. So it's not about like, can I go to it right away? Yes. And then we're going to, next year at the Arnold, we're going to do a podcast where we're having the same conversation about your back. You got to look, that's what, so what you just said, it's what everyone does, right? It's, it's that like, what am I going to do? Well, you just talk, can you talk to them about not wanting everything instantly, right? Like you, you were just saying that he's standing next to you. He's like, I'm going to go right to the LVN. Yeah. But that's how hard it is, right? It, it's hard to go, okay, I'm going to crawl. I'm going to do 10 minutes of flexibility work, right? Like, that's what we say to the people like, hey, Spotify, you're going to pay us. We're going to make you eat fruits and vegetables. We're going to give you a lot of meat and potatoes. We're going to, we're going to give you a lot of dessert too, but it's, it's built off a yearly plan. It's built, it's a long-term development model. And so that would be my thing to you is start low, right? Like make your PFBs high and your LBN low, because here's the thing, you know how long you have to change that For, forever, the rest of your life. Yes, exactly. A long, right. And so like you didn't go from 300 pounds to where you are now overnight. Right. I didn't go from 310 pounds to where I'm at. Like, these things take time, but you know, yeah, you want to go to LBN right away, and that's—it's just you, you can do it. I, I highly recommend it. It's, it's the junk food. <laughs> it's junk food fit, right? You were like, I feel good again. I want to do like I just got off diabetes. Like, like where's this, where's the cake? <laughs> yep. So sound mind, sound body. You can't heal the body without the mind, and the mind can't be healed without the body. You need need them both. And then also, you were mentioning like psychedelics is psychedelics somehow connect those two really well or for sure like like have you personally used uh psychedelics for pain or are you aware of some people that have utilized it in uh some some forms of pain management and stuff like that well so uh not so much for pain that uh my experience with psychedelics has been more for the shift so i, I went through actually all these pieces so my use was more for okay, I've opened up a lot of these pieces to my body. I've, I've heard about this. So I want to see what it's like to open some of these pieces up through a different avenue, right? And so, uh, you know, again, like, I would, like, I'm not here to say psychedelics are great or I'm not here to say be activated is great. I'm here to say, like, here's some of my experiences. I'm going to share them. So I don't want anyone to think, like, I'm like, oh, this stuff's all amazing. It's going to fix you. In my opinion, nothing can fix you. You have to want to change yourself, there's nothing that anyone can give you that will fix you. Being better is a choice. And it doesn't matter if it's psychedelics, if it's be activated, if it's fitness, if it's diet. Changing is a choice. No one can change you. No one can give you a pill to change you. It's a choice. And so for me, I made a choice, right? And and obviously you've known me for a million years, but... I mean, it, <laughs> psychedelics are interesting, though, because it can hold a mirror up right in front of your face. And your friends can tell you they can say, dude, you're fucking up. You still have anger issues. You still have this. You still have that. But then when you do mushrooms or something like that and you see who the problem is, you, you know, you, you get to like literally see it and you get like talked to and whatever, whatever weird yeah. thing happens to you on your journey or trip. Well, and I think what was very, what was really cool for me. So 
a lot, so much of this, it, it all fits together, right? It doesn't matter if we're talking about you want to get your back better. Right? It, it all, it, because it's all the same. Like you said, like you can't make your body better without your mind. You can't make your mind better without your body. Like you cannot separate the mind and body. Like I don't care what, you know, Cartesian modern, like I don't care what they say. Like it, it just doesn't happen, right? So what I would say is that for me, going through that process with psychedelics was, it was actually like, for me, I was like, because I had, you know, RPR. So I knew like I had my breathing, I knew how to shift my nervous system. So as I was going through it, I was using the tools that I've had that I learned through be activated and and doing RPR. So I could control my breathing. I could control where everything wanted to go. And so what I learned was like some people I've heard, like they get in things and they freak out and they don't because they can't handle that mirror. Right. Like you hear about it. And so for me, it was, it was different. It was like, not only am I, do I like having the mirror, it's like, let's change where the mirror, like, let's, let's move it, right? Because I want to, because for me, it was like, I want to see shit that I haven't seen. And so, but that's why I think it becomes effective is because when you make the choice to change, the change then occurs. And I think that's where anytime I coach someone, like when I, when I put them on the table before I ever start working with them, the thing I say to them is this journey is really hard. This, you're ultra successful. This is, you've, you've killed everything you've done, right? But this is the one area of life that you haven't. And there's a reason that you haven't, right? If it was an easy fix, you had already done it. So what I always tell people is, if you are not ready for a really hard journey, because again, remember, these are people where the dial's on an eight. We're, we're going from an eight to a 10, right? It's that one area of life. If you're not ready for a hard journey, and it's going to be harder than you could ever imagine, let's not start. Let's not start. And when I do get people on the table, I always go, look, you're the one who's going to do all the work. Like, I may be doing the body work, but you're the one who's going to do all the work. The hard part with this is until people go through this process, like everything I'm talking about, people are probably listening and they'd be like, I don't know what this dude is saying, but he benches 17, that's cool, right? Like, but it is true. Like you can't really understand a lot of these pieces until you go through them. And it's, it's like anything else in life. If you've never done jits, it's kind of hard to explain to someone what that's like. If you've never had back pain. Right, like I've had back pain. You tell me you got back pain, like instantly my heart's like, oh, dude, I want to help this guy because, like, I, like I've been there in such a bad way, right? And that's what I think. You know, when you talk about psychedelics, like there are people like they get in that and they they say, I want to change, I want to change. They weren't really ready for that change, and and they really hadn't committed to that choice, or they didn't understand what that mirror was going to look like. And then once they saw it, they're like, whoa, put that mirror away. Like I said, with psychedelics, like you ain't putting the mirror away <laughs> the mirror mirror's there like you're gonna ride that mirror out for a while you know what you're saying reminds me of like you know all of us here like into personal development and uh there are a lot of books out there that can teach you the things you need to know like the power of habit you read that book you kind of have the formula to be able to change your habits and a lot of people get themselves in a self-development hole where they're reading these books and a lot of these ideas are echoed over and over and over again and the only thing is they haven't made the choice to take action on the things that they're hearing it's like all these things are very similar i'm not saying that what you're saying can be read in a book but a lot of people have those answers and they know well i think the difference in what i'm saying is that the people who read those books and do it they had the unconscious ability to execute what i'm saying is 
people say, oh, they read that and they didn't take action. The way I view is that that person read it because they wanted to take action. Mm. It wasn't that they didn't want to, not that they weren't motivated. It's that they didn't have the unconscious ability to execute the action. Mm -hmm. But nobody's talking about that. So they read book after book after book instead of actually doing something to change the unconscious ability to execute. And that's why I think like when I talk about the GNS where fitness, sleep, all these pieces, that's why when people look at self-development and all these pieces where exercise is such a key component of it, because being fit, being, you know, having good sleep, those things start to shift that GNS, that global neurological sequence, and it gives them more ex- ability, unconscious ability to execute. So now they read that book when they were 50 pounds overweight. It's not that they weren't motivated. And that's why I say, like, this whole piece of they didn't want it bad enough, they didn't take action, they do this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's take it to something physical. Jump over the couch and see him. It goes boom. He's standing. Is that, oh, so he's not as motivated as you. He's not as driven as you. Uh, yeah. But that's how we approach the psychology piece. Now, when we go to the body, it makes total sense. But the same thing's happening in your mind. Like it drives me crazy sometimes because we we take it into that example. You're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But you read a book, you're like, oh, that person want to take action. No, no, no. Just like his physiology is in a place only he can feel that. For someone else, their physiology, they just can't feel it because it's shutting them down, but they don't know it is. And no one's talking about it. No one's really working on helping them with it. So, so what do we do? They didn't take action. They didn't want it. They weren't motivated. Let me ask you this. Because I'm, I'm going to try to uh, shorten up what you're saying a little yeah. bit. Are you saying that the unconscious, the unconscious aspect of this comes with you starting to try to take action on changing habits to change your physiology in a positive direction, and that will change your unconscious habits to be able to do a lot of these things? So it starts with that it does the the you so for me the body work of changing your physiology that sequence through the body work now that starts so i'll give you an example with me it's how it worked body work went i'd never read a book cover to cover in my life i went through the activated process went through this six months later i shot a book i read it cover to cover it's never that i didn't want to read the book it's that i did i didn't want knowledge i read chapter here chapter there. it's just literally my nervous system my unconscious ability did not allow me to just go through an entire book and so what i'm saying is that if you read something or go to a conference or whatever it is and you do it awesome you had the unconscious ability to execute if you've been working towards something and you just can't you you seek out all the knowledge all the information and you cannot seem to do it what I'm saying is the component you're missing is the unconscious ability to execute. That's your unconscious nervous system. And you can affect that GNS in lots of ways. The most instant, predictable way that I know how to do it is by doing, you know, working with someone on the activate or doing RPR with yourself more. And RPR just maintains it. It's really by working with someone and doing be activated. But then that doesn't matter if... Because how else do you affect it, right? It's just slower, right? But sleep, fitness, nutrition, mindset, all of those pieces will eventually change it. It's just when you, when you go through, it's like psychedelics, right? So everything that you want to accomplish with psychedelics, you can accomplish. It just, it jumps, right? It's a, it's a cheat code. It's a cheat code, right? I, I've been working on this part of my life. I want to do this. You do that in order to have a cheat code to jump you forward exponentially, mm. That's what be activated is. It's just another way of doing it. It's going through the body, 
versus going through the mind like what you do in psychedelics. Does that shit hurt? Yes. It hurts because you, yes, 100%, because basically you're shifting the patterns and you're holding that neural tone. You're holding those experiences in certain parts of your body. And part of it's dropping in and getting those things out of your body. So, yes, 100%, it hurts. It is not pleasant. And the thing that's interesting about it is some points in, in basically you store different experiences in different parts of your body. So people's reactions can be different. Some people, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt so much as like they laugh. Mm. So I've known people who've gone into like two hour laughing fits because basically that's how they got rid of those pieces that were stuck in their nervous system. Mm. And some people it's crying and some people it's shaking and you know, it, it can be different for everybody, but I would say for the most part, yeah, it's super uncomfortable. It, it definitely, it, it hurts while you're going through it, but you, and that's why you gotta be ready for the journey because it feels amazing on the other side of it. And so that's the hundred percent. I tell people like it, it's going to hurt, but you know, is it, I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, to me, like, you know, guys like us, like, okay, it hurts. Right. <laughs> you know, some people they're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Okay, well, it's not for you, I guess, right? Like, I mean, that's, that's fine, too. Well, it hurts worse to have the pain trapped inside your body, probably, right? Uh, yeah, I can't even, I, I, can't, I can't emphasize that. I mean, I, like my knee, I've had uh, seven knee surgeries in college, blew it out skiing. Nine years ago, I went to two different orthos who told me I wouldn't make it five years without a knee replacement. So it's nine years next year because I looked at him and go, I'll make it 10. Well, if I didn't have, you know, if I hadn't gone through be activated, if I didn't know RPR, how to shift my system instantly myself, like my knee locks up, you know, every day at this point. Like I got in my truck the other day and literally I was like, I can't, like, it was like someone said I couldn't move. But then I go through RPR, reflexive performance reset with that self-applied breath and body work. I shift my system and then I, I go on. But it's really just, it's not, it doesn't fit. It's still in the inevitable, but I'll take the delay. I'll take that I can actually move and play with my kids and, you know what I mean, all the things. Because, like, I still roll, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, do I have to do a lot of things? To, to, do I have to do, is my PFB, my pain-free body works real high? Yeah. I, I don't need a lot of SFL at this point in my life. How, uh, how should we stand? I noticed that for you, like, you're standing with your feet pretty straight, and we've had... Some people kind of comment on how you should stand, how you should walk, how you should move. What are some kind of general things just with people standing that might be able to help them with their hips and their knees and ankles and stuff like that? Well, I think the the lovely thing, I think as soon as you say you should do this or you should do this, to me, you haven't worked with enough people in my mind. I like that. Thank you. Because it's just like what I talked about this. I thought physiology drew all the behavior, and then I started failing with some people. And then I learned, oh, the psychology is just as important. It's just this yin and yang. And so for me, there's a component of, like, I'll give you guys a simple thing. So when people, so when I used to stand the way I used to be, I, I literally couldn't stand still, just like this all the time. So why is that? So you guys know, you talk about being grounded. So if you're not standing still, it's because your body's not in a place where you feel grounded. And so when you're doing this, you start to make other people, you start to knock them off of being grounded. I'm not saying... Sorry, guys. No, but, I've been moving like a madman over here. No, you're moving like that because your body doesn't feel good. So you have to keep shifting like that. But that you can't be grounded right now because of the pain. You have to shift your physiology before you can be grounded. And so as far as how you stand, to me... I think 
play with it. See what feels best. And to me, this is where I get really, like I work with, like right now I got this pro baseball player who he's a pitcher. He throws, he throws 98 miles an hour. He should be, he should be in the bigs, but there's some mental aspects. And so we're working on those. And that's the fun part of what I love to do with the coaching I do. It's not like getting strong, getting people stronger is boring at this point to me. I mean, it just is right. Like I care more about like, okay, let's work on some really high level stuff or let's just help people who just are everyday people. Right. And so I think the big thing as far as how you stand, how you walk, how you do those things, the human body is exponentially smarter than our minds will ever be. And we're at a point in time where everybody's trying to outsmart a system that's existed for 10,000 years and has allowed us as, as the slowest, smallest people on the planet to dominate large, our nervous system is super smart. It's how we got here. And so, you know, it's funny, like, uh, I know you guys like with knees over toes, right? So how many old paradigms did he blow away? A lot. We can never be smarter than the body. It's like, like I'm going to drop. Okay. I'm about to drop something on you guys that literally nobody in the world has probably ever said or heard other than myself, because I've run this by tons of really intelligent, like top people. And everyone's like, Oh shit. That makes sense. Foam rolling. So you know how it came out and a lot of people did it. Then they started doing studies on cadavers and they said it's as strong as steel. There's no way that rolling on that piece of foam makes a change in the fashion. And then so there was this whole fight, like foam rolling's useless because that's like steel. Foam rolling's great, right? Like there was all this, and we're still kind of in that place where people have gotten like, I don't really know. I guess do it if you like it. And that, I think that's kind of where we've landed at this point. So here's what's going to blow you guys away. Yes, in a cadaver, fascia is as strong as steel. And in a cadaver, you definitely cannot make a change in fascia with a foam roller. Those people are correct. The people who say, I like it and it does a lot, they are also correct. The thing that's missing in the cadaver is an active nervous system. And so the fascia maybe cannot change in a cadaver, I agree, because of the tensile strength. However, your nervous system integrates every single piece of that fascia. So now when you're rocking back on that foam roller, back and forth, back and forth, it activates your vestibular system. And what do we do with babies that are crying? We rock them. The solution is as old as time. When we rock a baby, it activates a vestibular system. It creates a parasympathetic response that then calms them. That's why there's rocking chairs. So when we're rocking back and forth on the foam roller, there is, of course, a change because the rocking activates our vestibular system, which drops us parasympathetic, which takes neural tone off the fascia. So the foam roller is not the thing creating the change. It's the rocking. The foam roller is the feedback loop that tells us when we've rocked enough. Okay. With what you just said, too, it's it's so fun and it's so great because like a lot of people, like, a lot of people will get on a foam roller and it'll feel good. And they're like, this feels good. And I feel like I've done something good for me. But because the research says that foam rolling doesn't do anything, well, that doesn't really work. 
Well, in 10 years, I'm going to do research that finds out what I just said is true. So, <laughs> and, and that's my whole point when you said how to walk, how to do this. It's like, it's like nutrition. Okay, I'm a vegetarian and I'm lean and I feel great. Then do that. I'm, I, I eat meat and fruits and vegetables and I feel great. That's kind of how, that's how that's what I feel bad. But to me, it's not how you walk, how you stand, how you do any of these pieces. It really just, how do you feel? So if you, if you hurt, then let's do something to change that, right? Let's not do 100% LBN. But I think, I think a lot of people are in pain, though, like a huge percentage. And so wouldn't you think that there's like some sort of particular way that humans should kind of move around? Or I Actually, so yes, 100%. But it's not. This is the whole point. We live in this whole mechanical world. So we say you should stand like this, do this, but really you have a global neurological sequence in your body. So when you stand, here's what should be happening. It's not about how you stand. It's about what neurological pattern should be happening while you stand. And no one's doing that. Why? Because modern medicine, we can't, I can't take a picture of your nervous system. But as you stand there, here's what we would want. You're standing straight up. Your glutes are firing first in the sequence. Your hamstrings fire second. Your lower back fires third. His back hurts. Because his lower back, when he stands, where I don't give a shit how he stands, he's not going to find something that's comfortable because of his global neurological sequence is off. His lower back is firing first. So literally, if we, and I'll, I guess we could film it after the podcast, I'll show you exactly what I'm talking about and we'll shift his, his system and I'll show you how it changes. Because you can shift it instantly when you understand these pieces. Now, it doesn't stay. It's the nervous system, right? But you can shift it and then you can work to maintain it by keeping that GMS optimized, obviously, right? So I don't think it has to do like how should you walk? How should it's not the mechanical piece that matters? Well, it does. So here's what the dial in the wall. I talked about the golden arrow sequence being that dial. The wires that connect that dial to the light fixture, that's the local nervous system, global neurological sequence, local nervous systems, the wires, fixtures, joints, tendons, all that. That's the fixture. Light bulbs, the muscles. Everything matters in order for these lights to be on. However, if I don't start by optimizing the global neural sequence, no matter what I do down the line, isn't going to work. So for him, it doesn't matter how you walk, how you stand. It matters what sequence everything's firing in so that you can be in an optimal place. Right now, when his back fires first, what happens is his lower back, instead of if his glutes fired first, it would open up space in his facets and his joints and his lower back would feel better. But because his lower back fires first, it creates compression in the back and pain. And so tons of people are in pain. That's why at this spot athletics, we have four main, our training philosophy is built on four foundational pieces. Number one, build better movement. Number two, positive energy always it comes into the mindset and positive thinking. Three, teach perfect technique. Four, zero pain tolerance training. We tell people, if anything hurts, tell us. You're not required to do anything at Spot Athletics except get better. There's no exercise or no anything. So if something hurts, it's pain. Your body's saying something's wrong. It's not about how you walk, how you squat, how you do any of this. It's about the sequence in which your muscles are firing to create a pain-free body. And that's why we, we, our PFB work, our pain-free body work, we start every day, every client from 8 years old to 80 years old starts with reflexive performance reset. And in our PFB work, it says GNS work. Well, we do RPR, we teach breathing all the way through, and we do all these other pieces, right? So to your point, everyone who's saying you should walk like this, stand like this, do this, depending 
on the neurological sequence your body's firing in, it's going to feel different for different people. That's why physical therapists have a problem with somebody. They put a solution in and it works great. They put a solution with another person. They see the exact same problem, same pattern. Like, you're walking like this. Just change this because it worked for Nsema. And then you do it and it feels awful because very, very few people in the world are addressing the global neurological sequence. And it's the foundation of all mental and physical performance. Once you do that, now you see that pattern and you might say, oh, God, he's walking like this because he's literally driving all his he's, he's, he's driving his hip extension when he walks from his lower back. That's why he walks like this. Well, if someone else is driving it maybe from their hamstring, they're going to walk differently. And if we tell them to both walk the same way because it, it helped him feel better and we tell that person to do it, it's going to make them feel worse possibly. So that's why when you say how to walk, how to stand, dude, I have to, t- I have to test your GNS first before I'm going to recommend anything. Because if I don't know the sequence you're firing in, I don't understand neurologically how you're compensating. And so I might tell you to walk a certain way and how I understand compensation pattern neurologically. And we're not talking about mechanically, but when people are telling you how to walk, how to do everything, they're just making a mechanical prescription without neurological understanding of the global neurological sequence. And so I, I might test this and go, man, this is your sequence. So here, let's shift that sequence. And now when you walk, God, I feel light. I feel great. I feel taller. So it's not how you do it. It's what's the sequence you're in. Can we make that sequence more optimal? And then, like I said, your body is insanely more smarter than your mind. So what will your body do when that sequence is now more optimal? It will find a place that's more optimal for you to walk, for you to stand, for you to squat. And so that's why like, I just like these do this, do that. What's happening is they're seeing a pattern among people. So when you look at people with the stress and everything today, there are general patterns that displace in population. So when I say stand like this, it's not because that person isn't smart. They're really smart. They've actually picked out a pattern in a thousand people they've seen. And standing like that has worked for 980 people in that pattern or 600 or whatever it is, but a lot. So they recommend it to everybody because it works for the majority. The issue is, is what if you're not one of those people? So I don't recommend any. I want to look at your global neurological sequence before I tell you how to do any of that stuff. Awesome. Andrew, take us on out of here. It's time for us to go eat. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for checking out today's episode. Sincerely appreciate it. Uh, Please drop us a comment because there's definitely some things that we need to discuss down in the comment section. So, yeah, yeah, get in there. Especially Greg. <laughs> That's so good. And if you're on iTunes and Spotify, come over to YouTube. We want to hear what you guys have to say as well. And uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel if you guys are not subscribed as, as of right now. Uh, follow the podcast at Mark Bell's Power Project on Instagram, at MB Power Project on TikTok and Twitter. My Instagram and Twitter is at I am Andrew Z. And Seema, where are you at? I got to say, I do love Greg. I do love Greg. It's just, <laughs> I, man, I, I bought his cookbook. I, I literally <laughs> like paid full price <laughs> for his cookbook. Greg. I love that you shit. Know Greg Doucette. I just think, man, a lot of that stuff is dangerous for belief systems. That's just my opinion. Um, JL, quick question. Yes, if sir. people aren't training with you in person at the Spot Athletics, can they purchase these uh, the systems online to be able to do globally? Or is it... Yeah, no, no, they can. I mean, a lot of that, like I said, we're bringing Douglas Heal in. uh, So he lives in South Africa. So like he hasn't been in the U.S. in three years. So uh, we're bringing him in uh, so they can go to the Spot Athletics website. And there's a clinic they can register. There's one in Columbus. And like I said, one in San Diego. So it's Mm -hmm. May 7th through the 10th here. 
14 through 17 out there. And then really like on Instagram, coach underscore JL, I put, put a lot of our stuff that, cause a lot of things I do as coach JL is like a lot of stuff we talked about, like, like I got kids from eight years up, right? Like I don't talk about like the spot athletics is like, it's geared towards our facilities. Like mm-hmm. co- my coach JL work, like the stuff I do there, it, it's not work. I'm going to be like, it's not the work we're doing with, with the kids working out. Right. Like, so, so that's where really more the deeper pieces. So, you know, like I said, we were having that clinic and reflexive performance reset. If, you know, people want to look at that. We have a website as well. So, um, you know, lots of places, but like I said, the coach, coach JL is kind of where I merge the pieces we do with RPR, the pieces we do with this GNS, all these pieces, I kind of merge them all together. Cause you know, I got a lot of different pieces, but to me, like you, man, what makes you dynamic? What makes you successful? It, it's the diversity of experience. Yeah. And, and that to me, that's where innovation occurs. And that's it. You're an innovator. Why, why are you an innovator? Cause you are able to pull from so many areas of experience. That's what creates innovators. Yes. Always awesome to catch up with you. Strength is never weak. This week, this is never strength. I'm at Mark Smelly Bell. Catch you guys later.